The Voice. River Radio. Of the Tether. Windsor. Ascot. Ascot. Maidenhead. Bracknell. Wokingham. Henley. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The Voice. River Radio. Of the Thames Valley. Welcome everyone to this show, Let's Do Lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm a nutritionist and the author of several cookery books. And today I'm joined by two local experts, not just in the world of food, actually, but they do things beyond and we'll find out about that. But today is really a celebration of all of the local food experiences and eateries that we have pretty much on our doorstep. And we have almost two areas within our region represented today, but we'll go beyond that too. Um, Henley, predominantly, we have from uh, Experience Henley, we have Philippa joining us today. And we also have Tom Waller, who has started reviewing restaurants in, again, predominantly the Windsor and Maidenhead areas. Welcome to you both. Philippa, how are you today? I'm, I'm fabulous. Good. And Tom, are you well? Great. Thank you, Jenny. Good. Right. Could we start with some little introductions, perhaps? Uh, Philippa, do you want to start? Uh, yes, well, it's, it's great to be here, obviously. But I'm Philippa. I'm from Experience Henley, which is an online cultural and lifestyle magazine for the for Henley and the surrounding area. So we cover, basically, we cover all the really cool and sexy stuff that's going on. None of this negativity like in the, in the <laughs> national media. We're just doing all, you know, best places to go, to have fun, go out, enjoy, eat, shop. Wonderful. Um, and I do a few other things, do food events and whatever. But that's the, that's the, that's the main, main thing that I'm doing. The main part. So yeah. it's positivity. It's about experience, as the name suggests, experience Henley. It's about things that you can do and experience in and around Henley. Yeah, the clue's in the title. Yeah, Tom, <laughs> how about you? Hi, yeah, so my name's Tom and I run uh, Food Envy Photography. Excuse me, Food Envy Photography, which is a professional food photography and videography studio in the area, um, shooting all kinds of different restaurants and uh, uh, chefs and all that kind of stuff. But as you said, I've just started a, a YouTube channel um, called uh, Dining Fables, which is all about going local to eat global. So all the, uh, all the wonderful things that are actually on our doorstep, different types of food, uh, but mostly within sort of independent, the smaller smaller chains, but that could be from high-end to food trucks basically so th- what was the tagline they're going local to eat global oh well picked up yes. i like that <laughs> that took me ages by the way <laughs> so tom you and i i mean you've shot me in the past haven't you that's how we met yes with a camera though yeah. just to clarify <laughs> so um great to have you both here today um i'd love to find out a little bit well tom first if we can start with you can you tell me how you got into reviewing restaurants in the first place yeah i mean uh well i've been on your show before you very yeah. kindly invited me before and I, I like to personal projects along with professional work effectively uh, and this is my new uh, personal project basically moving more into video as I think the whole world is in terms of social media and digital content um, and it was a case of what can I do locally that I can just go out and produce content for on a relatively easy basis so restaurants for me clearly is a, is a nice easy one to go and to do so that's really where the concept came from there was just sort of brainstorming ideas and how to do it how to work out YouTube all this kind of stuff so it's been a massive learning curve like all my projects mm. um, it's been fantastic so far I've done I think nine I've got my 10th next week to go in and do 
Um, and it's just feeding the beast, feeding the YouTube beast, really, yeah. and trying to work out the, the, the dark arts <laughs> of how to get it up and running and, you know, viewed by people, basically. Yeah, and it's interesting, actually, because here we've not only got two regions represented, but almost like two different mediums. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Experience Henley and how you communicate with your audience? Um, well, primarily, obviously, once articles and, and content of information is, is up on the website, it's social media. Yeah. Everything is social media. That's mm. the way in which, you know, we're getting our, our message out there. So um, Instagram is, is, is the biggie. And obviously, we're talking about food. And, mm-hmm. and, and we eat with our eyes um and and instagram is is my preferred platform it's an it's a friendly platform isn't it so is it <laughs> life's good <laughs> life's on good on instagram so but we but we use all, all the all the channels um and then um and then we use different facebook groups and lo- local things like that so so it is really you know it's it's full-on digital um and then obviously we there's events and things then you, mm. you need to go a bit more traditional and we'll we'll go out and we'll banner places and things like that but yeah most of it, it obviously it's, it, it, it's all online yeah it's all online mm. and and we're talking about food here you know the interesting thing is we've got food being represented visually on instagram and through videos through your own channel tom um food obviously is a 3d thing it's an experiential thing so can i ask you both like how can you get the message across to people let's start with you tom on that one about you know what the food is yeah. what it might how can you impart the possible taste well, I, th- I think whether it's photo or video it's kind of irrelevant it's all about story mm. um, that's what people buy into that's what it's about narrative and it's about the only thing about social media that i'm not so keen on is it it, it shortens everything mm-hmm. the, the, t- the tendency is to make it really really short really really impactful and i think when you know um restaurants especially local restaurants have story they have provenance they have authenticity it kind of gets lost in that short amount of time that people you know in the reels or whatever um sort of uh speed you have to do it in whereas for me youtube is better because you can you can do longer form content and that's what i'm trying to produce more of is longer form content um with a high production value effectively for for the local area because you know if you're doing some super sexy burger in in london that everybody wants to instagram and stuff it's it's harder to get that kind of traction on a more local level but the effort is the same the story Mm -hmm. is possibly better yeah it's not just for clicks they do it to feed the local community and you know create all that kind of stuff and i think that's what i'm trying to tell that story effectively in a a slightly different way it's a good point isn't it because when you go to a restaurant you're not just going for the food if you were Mm. you might get a takeaway you know so you're going there because you want to engage with Mm. the people there the staff there and Mm. experience something maybe the ambiance as well but you do engage with the people because of perhaps you know i say it but you know if you're going to a greek restaurant uh, you feel perhaps like you might be in greece on holiday Mm. you know that sort of thing so i mean how going to the sort of experience henley how do you convey that message to to people um, I, uh, again, it, it comes from the tone, doesn't mm. it? And it comes from how, how your descriptives and, and what you're talking about. But also, it just, it just comes from the passion. Yeah. It comes from the passion. And, and Tom, as you were saying, you know, when people have got the story, they've got all of that behind them. But people recognize that. They can tell. They buy into that. And they, they, they feel it. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right now. It's all about the experience. And this isn't just, you know, it's not just on the food level, but if you look at our high streets, 
they're not just changing, they have changed. And we need to embrace this. And everything is about the experience. Whether you are going for a coffee, whether you're going for a high-end meal with, you know, with with all the bells and whistles on or going in and having your nails done this is it's all about the experience um so and i think we you know it's just jumping on that and we just because we want that now and we're all very particular and precious about what we're going to be spending our money on particularly at the moment so you know it's really important to to have that experience no matter what it is and I think people get a bit confused sometimes about what an experience is yeah that's a a really good point actually in terms of I've said that to my own children about this town I mean I'm a bit the odd one out here because I wasn't born and bred in Marlow I got married in the church I've been living here over 20 years but children are born and bred here pretty much (laughs) but you know we do talk about even the time we've been here the changing high street i was uh, flabbergasted the other day because my son actually sort of used my words against me because i'd been saying about the new ice cream parlor at the end of town i was like so seasonal oh so seasonal i can't (laughs) see how it'll do well in the winter of course as soon as we went past he noted crepes and waffles on the sign perfect everyone's going to want a hot crepe or a hot waffle as they walk around the park and feed the ducks in the winter totally makes sense now you guys are both born and bred in the towns that you kind of represent now can I ask you a little bit about Tom first perhaps uh, the changes in the food scene uh, that you've noticed I know you've been away and come back and the same with you Philippa but in the time that you where Pats grew up there and versus now well, I think certainly even in the last five years, because Maidenhead has gone through huge redevelopment and stuff like that, and we're just seeing bearing fruit of that now, I think. You mm-hmm. know, the, all the new development that's gone on has now got lots of smaller independent food um, uh, food restaurants and, and bakeries and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's only good for the town. The car, I think the town always suffered from only having chain stuff. Yeah. Nothing wrong with chain stuff specifically, but I also, I particularly enjoy local. And I'm sure we're going to go into our recommendations possibly later or, or good, great places. And there's some fantastic pasta places that just, just opened up. It's absolutely wonderful. So it's only changed for the better, I think. I, I just really hope that uh, more people get on board and want to support local because they really need all the help that the community can give them at the moment just to keep going because times are tough for for restaurants you know i see it in my professional work mm. um you know how people are, how the businesses are suffering through you know like we all are with the energy prices and staffing and mm. sourcing and all that kind of stuff so um you know these guys that are brave enough to have started businesses recently or mm. certainly pandemic times it's it, it we all need to get out there and just go and support yeah you know the local little authentic family-run businesses and all that kind of stuff as well yeah absolutely makes sense and how about you philippa you've noticed changes in henley over the years oh uh huge mm. huge changes i mean i grew up i grew up with the wimpy bar you know so and don't knock <laughs> and it, the red don't knock vinyl it. Come seats on, come on we used to love going in there having our burger on a plate i mean who didn't who yeah. didn't like that and have you know their special sauce or going in just having their chips with the sauce on top mm. um and and um well what's now the weather spoons which used to be the beef eater you know that was that was mm. a big day out um <laughs> so it i mean it's changed hugely and it's the same um i think what Tom's saying about Maidenhead is particularly the far, the last five five or so years. There's been massive changes, mm-hmm. and again that that fills back into the changes on the high street and how these things are changed. We've got a lot more independence. Mm-hmm. We've got the bakeries 
coming in. Mm. We've got all of that stuff. Um, but, the, you know, and the most important thing as well is to, is to have not only the support of, obviously, of the local people, but also the local authorities mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the people who make these decisions. And they've really got to get on board mm. that, you know, for Henley, yes, it is a traditional market town, but we're not just Pearl and Twin sets, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, and the regatta and the festival. It's, it's 12 months a year and there's really cool stuff going on, but you've got to enable it. Mm. So we've got to have those people who are in that position to enable these things to happen. But we've got the most amazing restaurants in, in Henley now. And we've just got we've got a new hotel with a fabulous restaurant. We have, um, I'll, I'm going to start naming things. Yeah, 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 go on, go so, on. Let's so, get to the so, crux so, of it. <laughs> What's the hotel name? Well, the, ho- <laughs> the hotel is The Relay, mm-hmm. which was The Red Lion. Um, Sorry, <laughs> knocked my microphone. In excitement. <laughs> Too excited. Um, uh, it was the iconic uh, Red Lion Hotel, so sitting right on the bridge there. Yeah. So it, it's uh, the Clipper Restaurant, which is an Anton Mossiman uh, restaurant. Um, so, you know, that's great for the town, and it's all just been uh, refurbished uh, by Grace Leo. Uh, we have Crockers of Henley. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the most amazing, uh, amazing restaurant. Um, and then we have, um, we've got Allwells, which is mm-hmm. literally just outside of town. If you haven't been to Allwells and eaten Ryan and Liam's food, then why not? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just in, incredible. Um, and, uh, and then we've just got so many other different, you know, different types of restaurants. And like we say, the majority, these are independents. Yes, we've got our chain, so we've had mm. Coat, arrive recently yeah. which has you know which has settled in very nicely i think and, and and been really good for the town and we have so we have coat and we have copper and, mm-hmm. and cafe rouge so those sort of staples and then we have shellfish cow and we've just <laughs> that's on my place to yeah, go shell, i really want to check that out. <laughs> just the name alone just, i know it's brilliant shell, isn't it? shellfish cow um we have bijan's kitchen which is a persian restaurant and we've just got we've just had this guy who's decided you know he's going to leave working in uh in a menswear shop to set up the ramen noodle bar brilliant. Uh, above a coffee shop so you know we've got all of that new little burger place down by the station i mean there's so much going on it's just too exciting yeah that that's brilliant and there's so many like different varieties of food there interesting as well that i obviously you've got the persian you've got the ramen noodle bar we were talking earlier on about you said about eating globally Mm. you know (laughs) we we have this so we have this represented in our different what have you found in the areas that you've been looking at so far it sounds like you're going to move beyond oh absolutely (laughs) yeah no i've 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 extended out to to um um, I'm doing Marlow next week, Reading, London, Windsor. Sound so, like a backpacker. Yeah, yeah, well, I've done Thailand. <laughs> Anywhere that will have me, really. Because I'm not one of these people that can just turn up and do it. I have to get permission because yeah. of the way I shoot it and stuff because I want to get interiors, I want to get speaking to people and all that kind mm. of stuff. So um, so what I've noticed is, yeah, just the variety is, is just wonderful. Like, there cannot be another time in history where you can just walk out to your high street in Maidenhead and get Peruvian food. I mean, mm. it is just kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. As I said, yeah. So in Maidenhead, there's all, there's all, you know, you've got, you've got the world. You yeah. really do, which is absolutely incredible. So it's, it's a really exciting time to be starting doing certainly what I'm doing now because there is just so much choice and so much of it has been thought through. So it looks great, tastes mm. great, it smells great. You know, 
And it's just how to communicate that story to people, I think, you know, because there's so much noise out there in terms of social media and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. for these guys. How do you how do you stand out? How do you do it on very limited budgets and all that kind of stuff? So, so, so to, to that end, how do you identify which you want to review? Mm. Uh, recommendation a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So I ask. Uh, again, the few followers that I have, <laughs> what what is good? What do people like? Because I'm trying to create community. I'm trying to get feedback. I'm trying to get that interaction with people to find out what they want, what they want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the moment, it's just more actually just finding out by talking to people in the area. So Philippa, actually, all those ones you've mentioned sound great. <laughs> I mean, dim sum. Uh, it wasn't dim sum, was it? Ramen. Ramen, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I mean, because all that sort of stuff just looks great. And because my, my channel's video visuals are so important, that's what I'm good at. And then just trying to find out from the proprietors what they do, why they do it, mm. you know, what makes them great, that kind of stuff um, is really, really important. So, um, yeah, it's a really exciting time to be doing it. I can't imagine you've ever had a no, but have you? I, I think because people are really busy, I get a lot of sort of uh, ghosting. Okay. Because <laughs> I go in and say, I'm not asking for free food, because I think that's what a lot of people in my position possibly mm. do. Um, so first off, say, I'm not here for free food. I want to produce this. Look what I've done. I think just there's a lot of busy people out there. But when people do see what I've done, then they come back and, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so sure. I can imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And so uh, can I ask you if there are any hidden hidden gems that you have discovered, either of you, perhaps, Philippa? I mean, obviously, it's, again, slightly different way of working because you are representing experiences that are available in and around the Henley area. But what have you come across that you've gone, oh, my golly, that is genuinely different, quirky, specific to this area? Oh gosh! I mean, that's really that's really hard um, because obviously I've just men- mentioned a, a, a yeah, couple of or them. any of those that you've already mentioned that you think well, they would be quite surprising. Yeah, to but a few I people. mean, th- there's other things though as well, like say because mm. we're talking food and drink. Yes, um, and we have the most incredible um, new distillery mm. just outside. Well just outside of Henley, as you drive out of Henley, called the Henley Distillery. Um, And Jacob Wilson is, I think he's one of the youngest master distillers Mm -hmm. in the country. And they only uh, launched uh, just over a year ago. They have awards coming out of their ears. The gin is just superb. And word has it, hot off the press um he has just produced a spiced rum oh wow um so you know so these are these are really cool things and also at the henny distillery they have uh the experience where you can go in there you get your own diddy little still um and you can go make your own gin so you just make it all it's 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 incredible so that's that is a bit of a hidden gem yeah you know to have something like that um but with with the food i mean I think I think Crocus has always been it's it's a bit of a hidden gem. It's been it was really tough for those guys because uh they went into where the old Loch Fine was. Ah, yeah. In Henley, right in the marketplace. Absolutely beautiful building. Um put in put in these uh two tasting tasting rooms. Uh amazing kitchens. So so you're literally at chef's table in in these two in these two rooms. Uh and then they were due to launch on it was something like April the nineteenth, and then oh. um, lockdown came mm. in. So it's it's been really really tough for them, but the the food there is absolutely incredible. So if you can get there and 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 go and eat the food there and experience things there, that's you know that is a hidden gem. And then we have perfect hidden gems with the local pubs. We've got the most 
incredible local pubs and when anyone in Henley goes oh you know where's the best place Sunday roast you'll hear people shouting from the rooftops go to the row barge go to the row barge which is really tucked away you know it's really <laughs> where's tucked that away. Yeah, I've not heard see, of it <laughs> see, it's up west street behind the town hall you can you have to walk up the hill and it's a proper old traditional pub and they do the most amazing roast dinners wonderful so there's yeah there's lots of lots of stuff mm. like that um if you kept if you kept my mic on, I'd be talking all day. But, um, so. Thanks for the warning. <laughs> so, uh, you, know, you know, you mentioned something really interesting there, which is the interactive element. I think we're just going to take a brief pause here, but I would love to come back and ask you both a little bit about interactive. You've mentioned with the gym, but, you know, we're increasingly looking at things like red letter day type experiences. What have we got? on our doorstep that we could all be benefiting from. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Welcome back to this show. Let's do lunch with me, Jenny Tishi. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by two experts who are from the Henley area, but also the Maidenhead and Windsor area. We're joined by Philippa, who is representing Experience Henley and Tom, who is a local photographer, videographer and restaurant reviewer. And you can see what he's been doing under Dining Fables on YouTube. Um, I was just talking before the break a little bit about uh, sort of dining experiences. So, Philippa, you mentioned the gin, well, dining stroke drinking experiences. You mentioned the distillery, Henley Distillery, where you can actually go and have an experience where you make your own, distill your own gin. You actually, you, you go away with your own bottle of gin. I mean, that's just perfect, isn't it? Because that's when we're looking for things that we want to do that are a bit different, it's quite a, it, there's a whole industry for that. So, but, but we could be going directly to the people that are providing these experiences. So there's one there. Tom, have you come across any way, things like sitting at the chef's table, watching the cooking being made or cooking your own food, perhaps on a barbecue or something like that? Have you seen anything I mean, like that locally? Not, not, not. Not recently, no. I, I, I was going to go back to a point Philip made earlier mm. about um, how sort of the councils and stuff have to get involved and stuff. And one good example of that that I found is in Reading, yeah. which I know is just on just on your map there, isn't it? So I think I can talk about Is a new street food venue, um, ah. a bit like box parks in, in London and stuff like that, called Blue Collar. Yeah. Uh, and it's fantastic. So they've got some permanent pictures there uh, of fantastic street foods from pizzas, wings, you know, vegan tacos, all that kind of stuff, yeah. Thai food. And it constantly changes and updates they have other other areas and i think that's fantastic it's creative food trucks and sort of that that scene i think is quite interactive it's very visual mm. and i think that's super exciting i think more more areas should try and do more things like that that's yeah that's really good oh i'm 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 so on that tom mm. because i was uh i was doing broadcasting and doing radio shows right at the beginning when it was sort of the the burgeoning start of the burgeoning street food scene in london when um curb i'm Mm, sure you know who who curb are um and this was before curb was called curb before curb was called curb it was called eat street and they had a few trucks that were out the back of king's cross when all the hoardings were up when they were doing doing all the uh all the renovations and all the building works there so uh you know so i'm a huge street food uh, fan and I've done quite a few street food events mm. myself um, and, and working with you know with all, with the street food traders um, so yeah uh, the the blue collar I think it's great and you're absolutely right Reading has has mm. embraced that um, I think what 
sometimes we have some problems when, when we are smaller towns and smaller market towns mm. where we, we don't have those wonderful um, urban spaces mm. you yeah. know, that, we, that we can get into. However, it doesn't mean that we can't be creative mm. with the spaces that we have. Yeah. Or maybe, some, I mean, we've got Barclays Bank, which has just gone at the moment. Incredible building. I mean, come on, mm. let's get. You know, we could, for, we could yeah. do that. We could have a little mini food hall in there. Yeah, mm. sure. How cool brilliant. would that be? You know. So um, yeah. So when I win the lottery, I'll do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll invite you along when we, when we open it. But you know, it is actually about getting people mm. on on board, um, and it's uh, looking out for uh, different events and experiences. Mm. We're about to do something quite soon where it's a sherry you know, sherry tasting and, you know, when you're doing the sherry pouring and doing all things like that. So, um, yeah, it's just getting people people engaged. But I think more often than not, particularly with the, the smaller towns, talking yeah. about experience, it is about um, the food experience. It's great when you can see the food being cooked yeah. in front mm, of you. Lovely. I mean, there's, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing better than that. You know, the two little places that I just mentioned, which I'll give, I'll, I'll name check them. So Pig and Eel, mm-hmm. which is the uh, the ramen noodle bar. Oh, yeah. Um, and you've got Buddy's, which is Buddy's Burgers and Breakfasts, which is a Henley railway station. Um, and, you know, and all these things that, you know, they're done in front of you. Uh, crockers, you can see if you're in one of the tasting rooms, you can see it. Uh, cooked in front of you and a lot of the places are now embracing that um if you go into copper henley it's an open kitchen now the bull on bell street has had a full revamp ivy-esque mm-hmm. massive outside space absolutely beautiful but they've opened the kitchen up as well so, so you, you can, can see actually in. see into the kitchen so it's a really important aspect as well of people there's a transparency as well yeah, isn't there? Going, connection. Hey, connection. i'm not scared of you seeing how your food is being cooked yeah. and, and what's going on so yeah it just all it's theater it. isn't it it you is theater. It's, it's theater it's part of the entertainment yeah I think. Absolutely. And, and i think that's what people are willing to pay for that's you know you are willing to go and have that it's not just I often, I think as I become better and better at cooking myself, I begrudge paying for something that I feel I could do myself. Yeah. So it has to be more yeah. than the food. It has yeah. to be the experience, the ambiance. Well, I think we as a consumer are quite educated now, yeah. aren't we, in terms of the food, what it should be like, what it should look like. So, and we're you know, well-travelled, yeah. cultured. Yeah. We've, we, you know, we've eaten all these different cuisines. So mm. we know, we, you know, we all know what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think, I, I think it's, quite, it's, it's quite a scary thing uh, for the restaurants. And, and like you say, um, when we're going in there, we've we've got this expectation. Mm. But also, I think uh, it's not to lose some of those old school experiences either. And I've just I've just jotted down um, the French Horn mm. um, in Sonning. The most wonderful, wonderful place. It's very old fashioned, but you know, you'll get them. They come out with a trolley and they do it. So you know, we don't want to lose those sorts of things. It's not all about the the new. Yeah. But it's just about embracing and championing and uh, supporting and keeping what we do have um, and making sure they all survive, particularly that, at the moment. That's a really good point. I mean, we've talked about the fact that you both grew up in the areas um, that you're sort of now talking about and obviously beyond, uh, Tom, in your case. But can I ask about the ones that you have reviewed, the restaurants mm. that you've already looked at? Mm. How many of those have been established for a very long time and how many of them are new? Uh, most of them are new or yeah, newish. Uh, to give you a good, good example of the last few I did, so I did um, one called Sauce and Flour, which mm-hmm. is in Maidenhead, which is this pasta restaurant. Yeah. It's phenomenal. It's genuinely some of the best fresh pasta I think I've, I've ever had. I was in there, not to do the review, I did that a few months ago, but I was in there literally 
this week and had squid ink pasta with cuttlefish and all that kind of stuff. That was a special. They're constantly changing their menu, seasonal, all that kind of stuff, and mm. different types of pasta I've never heard of. You know, it's just just wonderful. Another good one was another good new one, which has just opened since lockdowns. I think is Patch in Windsor, right? Which again, it might be a good example of how the council possibly got involved because they took over, which was a fairly derelict part by the by the arches, you know, where the train goes over. Yeah, and uh, it was just an old an old street with nothing on it, and now they've put an open deck and they put in a restaurant and all that kind of stuff and it's wonderful really creative cooking i had um uh, macaron beetroot salad um some beautiful chicken fresh crispy chicken just wonderful and then more traditional the very last one i did was gogo's waterfront on the way into windsor yes i know like a south african Mm. family restaurant and again ribs off the grill just absolutely wonderful with a great view, you know, of the marina and the race course and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, you know, those kinds of stories. I'd never been to Go-Go's before and it's been there for years. Yeah. And it's great. It's it's really, really good. So, um, yeah, it's just wonderful having the opportunity and the excuse, <laughs> to be honest, to go and do these things yes, as well. Yes, it's my work. I have to go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's mandatory for me now. So, I, I, But I love that about that because, you know, these are places that deserve representation. Mm, as you say, they deserve this story being told. And if you get to go and eat great food and tell a story at the same time, yeah. well, winning, both yeah, of you, well, which, exactly. is, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So, and, so we've covered, you know, hidden gems and we've covered experience what else do you think is it that makes a dining experience special if i can ask that both you pat philippa first what is it that makes a dining experience enjoyable special different apart from the food the people yeah without doubt yeah the people um from the minute you walk in you know how how they welcome you how they make you feel um that is the top thing it's it, it that is the tops for experience yeah uh, for me that you know making you feel like you are the most important person you know in that room you you are important to them and you are important to them um but yes to have you know to have that is 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 wonderful and it just then it just it just all more it just all falls into place if you've got the most amazing food you've got the you know the great staff you've got great personnel in there people welcoming you making you feel special that's what you want mm. you know that's what you want and then anything all the other stuff you get on top are all, are all bonuses you know that does make a huge difference I was very lucky in that um every summer I would go to France for two weeks with my parents my parents loved still love food but less so now that they're a bit older um they used to take us to some really nice restaurants and you could see that any of the waiting staff that was their profession they were well trained they enjoyed it they loved it they did because they love it but they were very well trained and probably rewarded as such and then i remember i would sort of come back and maybe i'd be myself working in a restaurant thinking i haven't had the training that those guys had i'm not really sure what i'm doing i don't even know how to open a bottle of wine properly you know this sort of thing and it's it wasn't so well respected i think it has waiting has become more respected there is better training in some venues in, yeah not yeah. all yeah. i was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> say in um in henley we have got a, a, a wonderful restaurant called the square which is a portuguese restaurant so the actual the the guys who are working in there are portuguese very authentic and, and it mm. is very authentic but um but like we say, it's, there is a bit of a difference. I think it is starting to change. But like you say, when you go to the continent, uh, being involved in hospitality, having a vocation, you know, getting involved in that, um, uh, in whatever way it is, is is really well respected. Mm. Um, and changes are 
you know is happening here we need a few we need we needed a bit more but yes it's going you know go and make your career in mm. this as you know and so we do we do as a society need to need to respect that respect anyone who's in that role um a lot more especially at the moment where there are shortages shortages <laughs> and people that are going yeah. in there are trying their hardest um and the mm. same question to you tom what do you think it is that makes a dining well, experience successful I think, I think you've covered it pretty much but i think service is obviously key mm. um and i think that's kind of transformed over the last 10 years because you know i remember going to you know, I'm working in uh, for my job in, in higher-end restaurants, and that level of service was almost kind of overbearing. Yeah. And I personally, as a diner, prefer something much more relaxed. You know, I've been in, I've been in Michelin-starred restaurants, and you've got a waiter sort of standing Ooh, to you your don't side. Like a hoverer, and, do you? No, you don't and I like think a hoverer, I, yeah. I think you might still get that in the more traditional yeah, yeah, places, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think vast majority of even that high-end restaurant now, it's kind of you know you want your wait staff to be attentive and there and knowledgeable, but you don't want that sort of you don't hover want the intrusiveness. And, and, no, yeah. you don't want them to move your chair without exactly. you asking <laughs> you don't want to hear, think someone's hearing your conversation and and, and all Ooh, that yeah. kind of stuff you know but i do want to know about possibly where they source their ingredients from you know how does how's the chef done that and i've mm. been to restaurants where the chef comes out and will explain it to you, you yeah know, because wonderful. they just want you because they're passionate they want you to know and that's mm. that's just wonderful someone takes the time out of service to come and talk to you about it God, yeah it's that's great, a right? really good point because mm. that is quite a traditional thing isn't it yeah. i remember some of those restaurants in france where the mm. chef with the chef came to your table yeah. you were really <laughs> special yeah. but we're not so used to that Oh, yeah, I don't think. But if they do, yeah. how wonderful. Because yeah. then you are engaging with the person. Yeah. You've got the story. Yeah. You've got the... Who you, can see, actually, you can see the passion, right? Yeah. And that's, and what you're, that's what you're buying into. Yeah. Well, do you know, it's so refreshing to hear that, you know, this is how you would uh, value a dining experience. Mm. Because for my mother-in-law, it was always how clean the toilets were. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also important. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. No. <laughs> and then how do you think, um, you know, others judge the success of a dining experience? I know, obviously, we're talking about, you know, the, the people make it, the... Um, level of service makes it but mm. i mean these days people have really high expectations and they have quite specific demands mm. around the way they want to eat mm. you know the sorts of food they want to eat and of course we have you know more food allergies so you know with some of these sort of newer um chains and the well even small independents it is hard mm. to meet every single you know tick in the box as far as people's sort of expectations are concerned i mean how do you think um other people judge successful uh dining experience these days i think like you say everyone's uh it's their own experience isn't Mm. it so um and like you say it's it's really hard and quite tricky Mm. for restaurants out there at the moment particularly the smaller ones so yeah you know the larger chains whatever they can get on board with you with gluten-free and vegan and vegetarian and the different allergies and of course now they're having to list calories and you know and i mean literally everything that goes on there and you know it is really really tough for them so i think to a certain extent as well the consumer you have to be realistic as well of what your expectations are you know don't go to a restaurant that you know if you're if you're vegan don't go to a restaurant and then have a complete hissy fit if there is you know if there is if it's a small outfit and it and it's not their bag and it you know but also if it's if it doesn't have a huge range on there Mm. it's they have to manage their restaurant and their margins and everything and they have to weigh up you know which uh what sort of dishes they're going to do so um and that's not me picking on vegans by the way no because it could be anything it could be anything it could be gluten-free it could be whatever and i'm sure anybody with any of any dietary uh, uh, requirements 
more so than anyone else. You know, you do you do look. Um, I mean, I look restaurants up anyway and yeah. have a good old gander through the menu and have a look and see what I'm going to have. So I'm sure <laughs> other people do. So I think it's just it, it it's just um, being a being realistic. Don't you know? Don't be too. Uh, don't have too high expectations in in that realm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just just enjoy the experience. So I think it's just going. It's just going with the flow and just enjoying what you're doing and enjoy the fact that they are enjoying feeding you and producing the food and they're passionate about it because they're the guys who have put their hand in their pocket and are risking these things and yeah. taking these units in the high street and whatever. So, you know... And it's, it's a, a high-risk It is a high option risk. at this point, it isn't is. it? I so, mean, hospitality, they've been through the ringer mm. and it's still really, really hard at the mm. moment. So it's its sort of, I just feel like saying to people, you know, just give them a little break. Give them yeah, a little support bit of, as know. much as you can. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Anything you'd add to that, Tom? Yeah, only only really on, along the side of, you know, um, the consumer and, and how much how much power they can have with social media and things mm. like that, especially again on the smaller ones that don't have maybe a social media manager or or something like that. And yeah. you know the the growth of things like uh, TripAdvisor, where you're more likely to post a bad review than a good review, right? Yeah. And then you you can you can really affect somebody's livelihood and income mm. by leaving a scathing review, which you know may or may not be justified, possibly. But yeah. um, you know it can have a huge huge and powerful impact. I mean, s- social media is. Absolutely, as I said, the double-edged sword. You know, you can be used for good or bad, and uh, unfortunately, you know, a a, a small exp- small bad experience can actually then multiply and, and snowball and become a big problem for these places. So yeah, and yeah, it's, be careful what you be careful what you, or, or be thoughtful about what you do. You know, any I think anybody would be open to constructive criticism. That's fine, but you know, just because you had a slightly longer wait than normal because they're poorly staffed isn't necessarily not poorly staffed, but can't but, find the yeah. staff or can't open seven days a week anymore yeah. or can't uh, offer the full menu that they used to do mm. because of current circumstance. Not really their fault. And to get your nose bent out of shape because things have had to change yeah. and then go and spout it on social media on TripAdvisor can yeah. have a massive, it could, massive hugely, effect. Hugely, hugely damaging. I always liken it to, you know, that whoever, you know, somebody does critique in, the, in that manner, mm. you know, it's almost like, going, okay, I'm going to come and stand outside your place of work with a banner going don't you know don't employ this people don't go in here don't go and you know don't don't use their services or outside their home or something mm. like that because and you wouldn't do that and you wouldn't do yeah. that but that's what you're doing to these mm. to these people because you're actually broadcasting this mm. to to thousands and thousands of people so you know as tom says you be very, very mindful. And if you have got an issue, talk to the guys mm. on the day. Yeah. Go and have do it in have, person. Yeah, do yeah. it in person. You'll get far better response from that. Yeah, it's that personal interaction. Yeah. That, again, if the service is you know, normally amazing and you've interacted and connected with mm. the staff because you really enjoy their food, that person, that member of staff is going to want to rectify anything mm. that went wrong. So um, I have a question about local produce. And one of the things, you know, working in the world of food and living in this area, I'm very aware that we have some wonderful local producers and perhaps even more so as a result of lockdown. I think some people, I've had quite a few on this show and maybe it's uh, biased for me to say this because I've, you know, seen so many of them come through this door of the studio. But celebrating local produce, are there any venues, places, experiences that you feel do celebrate what we have on our doorstep? Uh, I think, just off the top of my head, the last the last real amazing local thing that I saw was, um, do you know Harrow and Hope? Yes. Which is the yeah. vineyard just up here, because I actually met them for my last Roaring Twenties project. Oh. And had some of their, um, can't call it champagne, can I? Um, sparkling, <laughs> sparkling, sparkling wine. Sparkling wine, sparkling thank wine. you. 
Um, and that was just wonderful to to see the vineyard, to see it grow, uh, and then to try it. And it was it was phenomenal. It really was. And I think they've they've got a they've got a tasting room up there now. I think so. In terms of experience, you could go up and check it all out and yeah. that sort of stuff. So that was wonderful. Yeah, that was a good one. Lovely. I, th- I think we are actually incredibly spoilt around mm. this area. Talking about vineyards, Harrow and Hope. Mm. Around the Henley area, I mean, these are the ultimate experiences, aren't they, to be able to go and do this? But we have Fairmile Vineyard, um, we have Oak and Grove, oh, yeah. um, uh, Hundred Hills, um, that's in the Stoner Valley, the most incredible, incredible sparkling wine. And we have about four or five other vineyards as well, others where, they, uh, where they're obviously producing wine and going on, but we've got some really young mm. ones as well yeah. that haven't, with this Kingwood Estate, so that's, you know, right in the in, in one of the villages. So it's amazing what we're doing because we're benefiting from being on the chalk line mm. um, coming from, from the Champagne region. So, yeah, so that is a, um, a, an experience with food, you know, local producers yeah. um, is fabulous. But I think when you're talking about experiences, it is even just going to the local farm shop and going yeah. there and seeing that we've got, uh, we have Bosley Patch, which is literally just along the Marlow Road as you're going out of Henley, just past the, the rugby club. Um, kitchen garden there, it's it's amazing, absolutely amazing. So they grow, it's all organic, they grow everything there. If you, you know, if you want to help the planet, you know, with, with all the issues we have at, at, at the moment, which we've seen, and not just here, but globally, Go somewhere like that. Mm. You know, you haven't got your food miles. You have, you know, you're, <laughs> there's no carbon footprint. They've literally gone out in their wellies that morning and, and pulled the beetroot. But uh, so Bosley Patch have got the most amazing. They do vegetables, flowers. They've got their bakery there. And we've got about a billion bit local bakers as well, which are incredible. Um, and I know some of them are planning on doing experiential stuff. Boston Road Baker, he used to do, he set up a, a kitchen in his front room. He transformed his front room into a kitchen so he could bake proper sourdough bread. Um, and he used to do um, hands-on experience of making bread. Obviously, that disappeared for a while, so I know he's looking at bring, bringing that back. But, you know, this, this is a guy who's passionate about bread, um, lives in a terrace house, has turned his front room into into a kitchen, and he, and is... Um, fulfilling his his passion so and and i think now we're sort of coming out the back of um the pandemic there's so many issues still, crossed, yeah, yeah. There's, but there's so many issues uh, still around um that we're gonna now start to see more and more experiences people do want to get hands-on mm. um and uh yeah and i think it's definitely the way forward Brilliant. So we'll just take a brief pause here. I'd love to come back and ask you a little bit about the run up to, dare I say, the C word Christmas um, group experiences, maybe places that you'd recommend people to be looking at for things like Christmas dinners and Christmas celebrations. <laughs> Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead Bracknell, Bracknell, Wokingham, Wokingham Henley, Henley, Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da! The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. So welcome back to this show, Let's Do Lunch. We're talking all about local eateries and local dining experiences, and that includes drink too. We've talked about all sorts of wonderful gin distilleries, vineyards, and experiences you can have at those places. Um, with hmm, however many months it is to go until Christmas, I have started thinking about where you can eat if you're in a group, and it doesn't have to be 
Christmas, it could be a birthday or a celebration. But if there's more than, let's say, four people, are there places that you would recommend that you think do a particularly good job? Perhaps tell me if we start with you from the experiences you've had so far. Um, certainly not in terms of my channel, um, but in terms of, you know, amazing places to go. There's a great one um, in Walton St. Lawrence, which is in between Maidenhead and Reading, uh, near my son's school, actually, called the Sherlock Inn. Ah. And they have their own butchery and all that kind of stuff. And they do the best, best Sunday lunch that I've certainly come across. <laughs> Wow, it's um, wonderful. And in there that in, <laughs> in that area, um, I've certainly certainly that area because um, again, now I drive to school. I pass all this amazing. There's the Beehive by uh-huh. Don Chapman, yeah. which is which is fantastic, and he's just opened up a new place called the Crown, which is in Birchett's Green, uh, which used to be Mission and Star. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. so the uh, Simon. I can't remember the other chef's name, Simon something. And um, yeah, he, he left December time and Don's just taken it over. So wow. very much looking forward to going and check that out as well. Because mm. again, the, the beehive is fantastic if you've tried the beehive. Really I haven't tried there. We went to mm. um, the Mash Inn recently, which is sort of out past Stoken Church, which has been taken over by one of the guys that used to run uh, the White Heart in Cookham. Oh, yes. Um, and That's great, by the way. It's fantastic. Yeah. The mash in, oh my gosh, highly yeah. recommend. We were joined by some very well-known faces, if you know what I mean. We realised <laughs> we were joined some sort of secret supper club, but it was great, amazing. Um, so yeah, there are some of those sorts of things. I'm not sure if that would be suitable for a crowd, but some mm. of the ones you've mentioned mm. there. And what about in Henley, Philippa, places that you'd recommend for a crowd? I mean, for, for a crowd, uh, the Bull on Bell Street, they've just... they've with their revamp they've mm. got this like i say this massive outside space but it's covered yeah so i mean that you know for a lot of people you could do a proper sit down and, and have a grand old time there i'm sure but um yeah different places there's um uh, the greyhound by uh, with anthony Worrell thompson oh, yes. um it's a fa- that's a fabulous pub and he has he has a a, a barn um, area of it where with with the dining in there great place for for lots of people um yeah. to go to uh, for for a christmas thing um and and again it's going back to the vineyards and stuff like that mm. you know look out for all these places that will be doing doing that that mm. kind of stuff um you've got the chilton um winery and and everything there's so many different places that you can go to um and just talking about new place well not new places it's an old place old pub mm-hmm. the red lion um at peppard has just been taken over by tony lathwaite oh yeah so you know if you like a drop of wine <laughs> you know i i think that's going to be the the you know the place the place to go to so he's just taken that over um small place i'm not saying that's for a crowd but I, that just it just popped <laughs> into my head of going oh you know that's that's somewhere worth going out you know and yeah. uh, going and trying but um there are there, there's quite a few of uh, the the pubs and places on the outskirts hurley mm. uh, hurley house yes you know if you mm. want something really special mm. hurley, <laughs> go, yeah. hurley house. you know it's funny isn't it i think so often we think about well the place we know or you know but sometimes there are these places that have been established a long time mm. we yeah. just sort of forget that they're there which is terrible isn't it i mean and so it's not just about you know the the eating in a restaurant or the dining experience such. i mean there's beyond restaurants pop-ups farmers markets i mean they're making a bit of a resurgence as well i mean i know our farmers market here in marlow it's not just local producers we have some wonderful local producers uh you know lamb and cheese and all sorts 
But we also have people serving fantastic Thai food, a great paella, um, tartiflette, etc. And it's really good food. Mm. And it is an experiential thing. You go down there, you get your food, you sit with others, you eat it. It's quite lovely. Um, anything like that in the areas that you are uh, sort of representing? <laughs> I think that goes one of that goes back to blue collar mm-hmm. um, in Reading. In Reading, yeah. um, and um, and this is how a lot of uh, the street food and and these what I call newer, mm. you know, newer street food, cool, funky uh, places it, it came from was from the uh, from the stalls at the markets, you know, particularly the London markets. And you you go to the yeah. London markets, and these guys are making the most amazing food, like you say. And I think in Henley we have uh we have the regular market every thursday but we have our farmers market and it's the same you know same as in marlow and elsewhere mm-hmm. it, and it changes and we've got different people coming along doing different foods but we do have different pop-ups that happen in and around uh henley coming into different restaurants or you know doing all sorts of different things whether it's korean fried chicken or something else so it's just a case of, i think of just you know being aware keeping your eyes peeled Obviously, following something like experience. I was going to say, you know, come on. (laughs) So, do you Uh, keep people? I mean, if people did want to be kept up to speed on, you know, what's going on in Henley, especially on the food scene, how do they keep in touch? Um, Well, follow us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's Experience Henley on on Instagram. So we're on Instagram, and same on Facebook. website is experiencehenley.co.uk and if you want to if you go onto the website there is a little bit where you can click on there and just sign up to the um to the mail out and so what we do is just then regularly just you know mail out um all the articles and and everything but yeah we're you know we've just had a new shop open actually we've got about three different new you know new shops and and businesses that are opening so we're and we're always in you know front of the queue to let everybody know what's going on um but yeah that's it's 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 for people to know it's just keeping an eye on whoever those um passionate people are or Mm. people who you know who have got got their foot in the door you know someone like follow someone like uh tom yeah and look at where he's going around and reviewing because Mm. i mean that's great with with tom stuff is you're you're physically seeing it you're going oh my god look look at look at those ribs you get to go into the restaurant yeah Yeah. you're actually going in there so um so it's it's just it's just following the local you know the local trends and the, the local people with the local, knowledge local the local pieces. knowledge and, and tom from your yes. perspective i mean obviously you know it's quite new you've mm-hmm. just set yourself up um doing these reviews you said mm. you've done you're about to do your 10th about to do my 10th yeah with some in marlow have you uh, tried them the vietnamese i place have the indeed i would say that's probably my 14 year old's favorite place to eat ever well because I, I i don't know vietnamese food very well so what would you recommend oh so well i mean pretty much anything but they do this wonderful like um almost like a dosa type thing Ooh. which is it just looks impressive really um Sold. the prawns uh anything satay the satay starters okay. are phenomenal mm. um but yeah I, I haven't had anything that i haven't liked from there yeah and i mean i'm not that fussy anyway <laughs> but to <laughs> be good fair sign. but um it is a wonderful mm. place to eat and again lovely stuff you know and genuine and authentic mm. um so yeah that's a wonderful place and is there a limit 
uh, you know, how many restaurants you'll, you're just going to keep going. Just keep going, really. Yeah. Just and keep going. Just meant to say, because, you know, we were talking about crowds earlier on. If you did need to review places mm. that you could invite a crowd to, then yeah. I just want to get my name on that list. <laughs> and that's one of them might want to, too. Yeah. Um, where we'll can, be there. We'll be there. Exactly. Where can people um, find out more about you and follow your latest reviews? Uh, so uh, all across social medias. So at Dining Fables on Twitter, Insta. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm trying to push everything onto YouTube. So search for Dining Fables on YouTube and uh, and I'll come up there. And as I said, any sort of generate that community kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. So ideas of where to go, themes of playlists. So I'm going to do outdoor restaurants. I do stuff in, you know, so you can find a playlist of Maidenhead Windsor. Uh, do burgers or Korean or, or whatever it might be, something along those lines. So any ideas um, from people would be would be great. Uh, one thing I should mention, and the reason I know that Philippa and I are in touch is because of Soma Jennings, who's put us in touch, and she runs a fantastic Facebook group, which is all about food and drink in the local area. Oh, wonderful. So I must make sure that you get that. And of yes, course, please. I'll put this in the show notes alongside the um, relevant links that we've just talked about there, so you can look at those afterwards. Um, right, let me ask my sort of final question really we're down to the last 10 minutes now these are called the quick fire questions but i have two of you so i'm allowing enough time to answer these so my first one would be and i know you've done this before tom what would be what we call your death row meal but it's your last meal on earth what would you choose goodness me. Oh, tough right it's a very difficult one that's yeah. hard that is hard isn't it death row meal okay um well a i don't want to be on death row no no one does <laughs> I mean, I don't expect I know, anyone chooses it. I know I've got some enemies, but you know, but come yeah. on. Uh, I'm kind of torn between like a like a roast, a roast, yeah, a roast, or um, a curry, some kind of some kind of curry. Yeah. Um, I had I actually actually another meal I had fairly recently, complete aside, went to Malik's and Cookham, yeah, and had I always say this too quickly, soft shelled crab, <laughs> which I've never had in a curry before. Uh, we, it wasn't in a curry sauce, in fact, but it was it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, so some sort of, something like that, some sort of amazing sort of curry. curry. Or a traditional roast dinner. Yeah. Something like that. Roast dinner's a comfort food, aren't oh, they? You just That's, can't go wrong, can you? I'm sure many of us have grown up with a roast dinner. Um, mm. uh, well, what about you, Philippa? What would you... Um, uh, well, if it's... A, yeah, I, I have to say roast dinner, roast beef, mm. our own roast beef and whatever cooked at home, because I don't know why, but we just go... No one can do a roast dinner like us. <laughs> the full thing of roast mm. beef. Yorkshire's. Yorkshire, Yorkshire puddings, and then we ha- we have um, uh, broccoli cheese. We mm-hmm. don't have uh, we don't have nice. cauliflower cheese yeah. because a certain person um, him indoors doesn't like cauliflower. So we have <laughs> so we have broccoli cheese and just just everything and glazed carrots and mm. uh, rich deep beefy gravy. Mm. I mean, ooh, yeah. you know, you couldn't yeah. really want more than that. And 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 I think then again, you know, let's. If you're thinking about a dessert, it's some like an apple crumble. It's yeah. so hot and a great big dollop of really good vanilla ice cream mm. on there. It's yeah, so, the, the custard cream ice cream dilemma. Oh, Difficult it's, it's that funny, one. Isn't it, oh no, it's got to be ice cream. It, <laughs> it has to be hot ice. and cold. Hot and cold. Yeah, it's so, funny, isn't it? The fact that we were talking about how exciting global food is, yeah, and that we're all hankering after roast dinners. So true. But it is. But yeah. it is. I mean, you know, we have the most amazing food. Mm, we yeah. yeah, we've got the most amazing chefs and British food, mm. and we are smashing it mm. yeah. worldwide. Really, mm. you know, on what on you know on our chefs and what we produce. But yeah, no. and Welsh lamb, not. <laughs> just saying uh fantasy dinner party if you were to invite three guests uh, who would they be 
can I say, can I, can I be on my own? No. Okay, you can. <laughs> it's a short answer. Just so, so they don't interfere with whilst, I, whilst I'm enjoying my food, whilst I'm trying to eat. You'd have the after party. Yeah, you'd the have after, your food, yeah, and have then the you'd food, have everyone else for afterwards. And then come in afterwards. We can have brandies and everything yeah, afterwards. Yeah, like that. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I can I can get a couple. I'd have uh, Dave Grohl from yep. Foo Fighters. Brilliant. Oh, that's I'd a have good one. Yes, um, taking that one off yeah. your list. <laughs> Brian Cox. Yes. Massive fan of Brian Cox. And then a bit of a left field one, a uh, guy called Gianfranco Zola, who was a player for Chelsea. Who's I know exactly who he is. I think we're so. of a certain age we remember yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> um, any ideas from you, Philippa? Oh, I don't know. I think I just think it's so hard. You see, this is rubbish. It's no good giving me quick fire. <laughs> Slow fire question. I failed on it last time. <laughs> yeah. You I'm knew, getting, you came I'm prepared. Mm. So, oh, gosh, I, I, I don't know. I definitely invite Dave Grohl along if he doesn't want to come to. If he doesn't like your, he doesn't like your, your, menu, you. like your menu. He can stole on your guest. He, he can come. And actually, we could just have dinner together. Yeah, you know, why not? How about that? <laughs> and then my final question to you both: Who is the best cook you know? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> um. Gosh. Uh. I mean, it's one of those strange things, isn't it? I would really love to say my mother, but that's not the case, no. you know. Um, but I don't know, uh, as in personally, no, or just influenced or by. Or could be influenced or... by, could be a you know, well-known chef. He's the best chef, best cook. For, for me, uh, it would have to be a guy called Paul Foster, who's a Michelin-star chef up in uh, Stratford, just because I, I do so much work with him in terms of we do recipe videos and produce all his content so i eat so much not just his mission star stuff but all the stuff he does for his videos uh for for punters like me to cook remind me of it's his brand one, it's a one letter word salt salt that's salt it i was gonna say yeah. it was yes i knew it was four letters but i couldn't remember um and what about you Philippa? um i i think i don't think i would have somebody who i'd say is sort of like the the ultimate because i've got I, i'm i'm a fan girl of quite a few people with mm. different different um, types of foods and everything. I know who I don't like, but uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah. And, and and I think one which is a, it's a bit marmite. I think is Gordon Ramsay because mm-hmm. you know he we had the years of, of Mr. Shouty and Idiot Sandwich, you know, and uh, <laughs> and berating people. But uh, but when you actually get the chance to watch him cook. And do, uh, I think he's he's phenomenal. And yeah. I think he he's great. It's a shame he went through, went through, went through that went through that period. But um, yeah, I mean, he's somebody that um, that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy what you know. Enjoy what so Gordon Ramsay without the facade. Gordon Ramsay, just Gordon Ramsay the chef. Mm. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay, the chef, not First the personality. The other yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Do you know what? This has been incredible. I started with a, an A4 sheet with my questions on. That sheet is now absolutely full. I'm hoping I can make sense of it after all of this because I've got plenty of places to go and visit in Windsor, Maidenhead and beyond and in Henley. I want to thank both of my guests today, Philippa from Experience Henley and Tom, who is here as a photographer, but also videographer, but also today talking to us about his work as a restaurant reviewer. Um, Dining Fables is where you'll find him. I'm Jenny Tishi, and this is Let's Do Lunch on River Radio. If you've enjoyed the show, we would love a review on anywhere that you normally listen to your podcast. That could be Apple, Google, or wherever. Thank you very much for listening today. I'll be back next week with a lady who set up her own brand of granola. So I look forward to seeing you then. 
Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Bye bye. And I will never be free when there is always something there to remind me. Always something there to remind me. Always something there to remind me. Always